Everybody, it's Mike Jeffers, Chicago Jazz Magazine, chicagojazz.com, and welcome to another episode of Around Town. And today I am excited to have on Corbin Andrick. He is uh, one of the founders of Bonzo Squad, and I'm sure many of you know of Bonzo Squad or have heard of Bonzo Squad. They've been around for quite a while now, and they've got a new release out. It is uh, Pachyderm. It is on Spotify. It is all over digitally, also available at bonzosquad.com, and there's still kicking it over at a live one in Chicago with the uh, 9.30 p.m. on Thursday night hits. And uh, he also, on this interview, he's got a sidekick with him that is off camera, but that's what he's tending to. But that's all right. We're going to take care of everything. And it's always fun to have kids chiming in because I obviously am fairly boring, but I'm sure Corbin's not. So if we get yelled at by the person off off camera, Corbin, we'll just go with it. And uh, everybody knows what's happening at that point. How are you, man? Sounds great. I'm doing great. Really excited for the weekend. I'm yeah, doing great. Good, good. So you guys, we're recording this before it dro- it'll it'll drop after your weekend set, but you're actually doing a little mini tour up in Wisconsin and Minnesota and 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 all of that. And you guys have been getting out. But before we even get into the new recording, why don't we talk about Bonzo Squad? Sure. And talk a little bit about um, the band in general, how it came about. Because to me, I've heard you guys play several times. And, you know, it's a mixture of fusion. Obviously, you guys are all killing jazz players, but it's kind of a, a fusion rock funk, real in, you know, uh, in-depth kind of playing thing. But it also offers a groove. So you also hit that kind of like a jam bandy kind of a feel as well. And I know people dance and groove around and all that good stuff, too, when you guys are playing. So how did you guys come about and put this whole thing together? Sure. The the initial like name for it for Bonzo Squad. Like I've had a nickname since I was a kid uh, of just being called Core Bonzo. And that was always shortened to Bonzo or Bonzer. And, you know, it was before I knew about John Bonham and all of that, but it kind of stuck with me for a long time. So when I first started the band in 2012, it was because I was getting these calls to do kind of like rock gigs or like funk gigs and uh, at the time, I was really into like listening to Potter and Redman and these saxophone players that were playing kind of like harder jazz. Yeah. And yeah. at least like jazz with with backbeats and stuff. And so I was like, all right, cool. I want to mess around with that. So I'd find um, different people to kind of fill in for that. And that was kind of the start of it. So I called the Bonzo Squad, where it was basically just whoever I was able to get at that point in time. And it was almost always Zach on drums to start. And then whenever I met Andrew Vogt, he was bringing, um, we were playing Lilies at the time. And yeah, Andrew, yeah. And we did a jam session there for about five or six years every Wednesday. And for the house set, he would always bring his upright and electric for whatever we were writing. And we always kind of admired that as like, you don't have to do that, man. The gig pays $5 or something. So he he would bring it anyways. And so I was like, all right, man, I might as well bring like my tenor, my alto, my flute. Um, and and then like after a little while, I ran into, I've known Andrew Lawrence since high school. I did a recording session with him and uh, Katie Ernst and Matt Carroll and some friends of mine that um, I had met at camp. And Andrew came in, did that recording. He went to Oberlin. He was doing a jam session in Multiculti. I went to that session. Our keyboardist that night subbed out. 
So we had Andrew come in and that was the first time the four of us played together. Uh, we also had Matt Gold on guitar that night. And then a good friend of ours, Sammy Saab, he came up and uh, he did some some freestyling, some poetry. And we kind of created that after that night, it really inspired the first record that we did. And so that really solidified the nucleus of Bonza Squad there. You know, so it's, it's real difficult, too, because, you know, having you guys play um, and commit to playing because you guys are all busy doing other stuff, too. But be able to actually have this group together and actually be able to play together on a regular basis. That's kind of the key for this kind of music, too. You can't just throw things together. I mean, you know, you can get one offs here and there, but I mean, to really solidify and really build as a musical unit and to continue to write and continue to grow as musicians together. I mean, it's it takes a commitment, which most people can't give you usually these days. So it's, I mean, how long have you guys been around? We started, I believe in 2014. Wow. Okay. Was, or maybe that gig, that specific gig was in November of 2014. Okay. And so it, it kind of moved around for a little while and like everybody like Andrew Lawrence started bringing in a lot of material. I, before that it was, it was me. I was bringing in all of the, uh, all of the tunes, all of the content mm -hmm. and turned into Andrew Lawrence. He started bringing some stuff. Votes started writing. Zach started writing and it really became a collective effort. And then as we've all, we've all grown as we've all grown and, you know, gotten busier and gotten some better paying gigs and some, some other things like this has become our, um, like reset our safe haven where like, we're playing, we're playing covers on a lot of those, on a lot of those gigs. And so for this, we're able to like really let out whatever pent up energy we're holding in for the rest of the weekend. So I've, I've held that, that Lily's thing uh, initially, the Eric Frog, and then now a live one as our Thursday. That's been a really like sacred uh, thing for us, like a sacred weekly experience. Well, and, and, you know, the stuff you guys are writing, I mean, there's so many different layers to the stuff you guys are writing, but, uh, you know, to, to go in and you're playing covers, you know, obviously at all the other places, you're not playing like you're playing in Bonzo Squad, I'm assuming. I mean, you, you know, I mean, there, there's probably elements of it, but I mean, the way you guys play, you guys are playing covers and you guys are doing different things, probably standards and some corporate stuff and some jobbing things and everything else. You guys can really let loose when you play as Bonzo Squad and really kind of push the envelope, I would imagine. That's the beauty of writing stuff on your own, too, and then developing it. Now, when you're doing all of that, you must be getting together and rehearsing every once in a while because if there's new tunes and stuff or you just throw it all together and you guys go for it on Thursday nights and kind of read down charts and kind of use that as your practice space as well. It's a little of both. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. The like the rehearsal time is harder to get than the, the actual like gig time. So what we'll do a lot of times is in the first set, we'll kind of sneak anything new um, as like the third or fourth song yeah. and try it then. And then 
we'll kind of work it into a rotation where like we'll do it one week and then maybe two weeks later we'll sneak we'll like sneak it back in and then everybody will know what to work on for that specific thing and then we have um it has kind of a live energy that works out the arrangement a lot of times and then we'll get together and when we rehearse our rehearsals are typically like two hours short like very very diligent rehearsals where it's like we'll get we will get these seven or eight songs that we've been workshopping and we'll talk about how they've gone and then kind of work them and then put them out in the world yeah well and and that's kind of the key too, isn't it? When you have a two hour rehearsal with as busy as you guys are, of course you guys are all professional musicians too. So, you know, you're not showing up like, you know, eating a sandwich, like, you know, you're showing up like in a, in a garage band situation, you're in there two hours, let's knock this stuff out and let's get it happening. And yeah. that gives you the momentum to go and throw it down um, at a, at a live gig. So the other thing, the other thing about it, just a quick side note, is like all of us, all of us are trained like musicians. So we all read music. We can all make charts. And so a lot of times when we're bringing stuff in, we are bringing in a pretty well fleshed out project. It's not like taking an idea and trying to workshop that. So just throwing that in there as well. Yeah. Well, and that's kind of the key too, with, with uh, being able to keep this thing going and be able to go through stuff. But I'm sure once you get the chart, take it home after maybe you introduce it into one set there. And then a couple of weeks later, you might get a phone call. Hey, you know, what do you think about doing this or that or this or that? So you guys are able to workshop stuff remotely probably, and then bring it together as well, but having that base. And I think that that's the, such a, such a big distinction, man. You know, when you're, when you're in music and you're in bands and, you know, everybody wants to be a rock star and they all want to get together and sit around, but to be able to walk in with something charted out, here it is, here's the core changes here's where we're going to start. That's something that I think, you know, it's like six weeks of advanced work right there that you guys get together. Now you're already off to the races. You're not just trying to throw stuff at a wall and trying to see what happens. I think that's part of the problem when people get together and they want to write original music as a band. They don't have that happening a lot of times. And then, you know, things fizzle out and it just doesn't work. So I, I think that that's the key, don't you? Absolutely. And like, there's, there is a certain amount of prep that goes into all of that as well. Like even, even in, um, I know we were talking about it earlier, but uh, with, with a band I play in called Bumpus, like James brings in a, an idea and there's some scratch vocals that are with that. There's like generally a drum beat, some sort of feel. There's like kind of a, a very basic arrangement. And then I'll write out some of the horn parts for that. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, so I'll write out the horn parts and bring that to rehearsal. And then I'll try to write too much. So that way we can take some stuff out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. So let's talk about this new recording, Pachyderm. Um, you know, you guys are playing all the time, obviously. How do you come down to what's going to be on the recording? Did you guys go into the studio? This isn't a live recording, I know. But did, is there a studio you guys go into and just hammer all these out? Or how, how does the process work? Because I know you did a live recording um in 2019 i think it was and you guys actually released a live recording which i love because there's that energy happening so how do you take that live stuff and take it into the studio and talk about pachyderm and how this whole thing came around yeah so pachyderm is the name of the recording studio so it is it is a 
beautiful, beautiful like mansion and studio that's on a property that's kind of like an hour south of Minneapolis. So okay. it's about a six and a half hour drive. And we took a retreat out there. We were there for four days and we recorded roughly 17 songs while we were out there. And so another one of the records that we did is called There's Always Tomorrow. And those those recordings are from the same session. Okay. So we, rec- we released that and then we had a second album planned for Pachyderm and we... Uh, we wanted to kind of pay tribute to the place. It was amazing. Like we all, uh, it has this beautiful studio where there are windows. So you have kind of like a daytime session and a nighttime session there. And so we kind of structured our tunes where it was the ones that are a little bit spacier and trippier. Like those are the ones that we wanted to do in the evening. And then during the day, we did some of the stuff that's a little more um, pop centric, um, a little tighter, we're awake and like very, very there. Um, and yeah, we had a, just an amazing time there. Wow. So that's the, that's the idea behind these recordings and that's what we've done. And now we're, as we keep going, cause we keep recording like really once, once a year, uh-huh. go into the studio for two days and we'll typically record seven songs. Oh, okay. And so this, uh, this, this one and this record in particular is kind of the final, the finality from that pachyderm session. We took the theme, the songs that we felt strongly about, and that's the release here. Nice. So, okay. So it's pachyderm. It's available on bonzosquad.com, obviously Spotify, all the digital platforms. You can check the whole thing out. I know you guys also are up on YouTube. I, I checked out the playlist on YouTube, so you can take a listen on YouTube and get a feel you also have a couple of videos that you put together for the for the project which i love because you know yeah it's a whole marketing thing and you could you and i could talk about music business and marketing probably for 10 hours so i love the fact that you guys are on all the different platforms using all the different elements that you possibly can and then of course you're playing a live one um every thursday night 9 30 to 1 p.m 8 2683 north halstead we'll link it all up down below it's um, free and it's oh it's free look at that isn't it crazy it's it's everybody's favorite f word free right free (laughs) all right so bonzosquad.com so you guys are doing a a little mini tour this weekend before we drop this but now what else do you have coming up do you have anything you're planning outside of the alive one gigs is there anything coming up in the spring or summer in the vicinity that uh you have on the books yet are you just kind of planning it out it seems like this year things might actually come back to normal. So it might actually get uh, super busy as far as playing some of these festivals and stuff. Yeah. So we're, we're right now we're working on a record that we recorded, we recorded last year. And so we're working on getting some, some special guests for that one. And so it's, uh, you know, kind of a a reach out and nudge and, and see what's up, but a lot of really, really cool music that we, you know, feel like is, is really, really representative of what we're playing right now. So we're yeah. working on that. We're going to get back in the studio at the end of February. And yeah, we're kind of seeing what, what comes um, in the summertime. Yeah. Yeah. I think everybody's in a holding pattern, but everything's coming back. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, all the different things start coming back and, and getting more and more uh, busy on the music scene, which is a very, very good thing. So 
All right, Corbin, appreciate you jumping on. I appreciate the fact that you took a little time out. I know you're in the middle of uh, of daddy duty there, but, uh, you know, it all worked out perfectly. So let's send everybody over to bonzosquad.com, the new recording, Pachyderm, uh, out digitally. And, of course, they can catch you for free every Thursday night, um, 2683 North Halstead at Alive 1 at 9.30 p.m. Thanks so yeah. much for jumping on, man. I appreciate it. Absolutely, Mike. Have a great rest of your day. You too. And of course, I like to thank everybody here for watching. And of course, all the information is on chicagojazz.com. And until next time, hopefully I will see you all somewhere out on the scene.